This is Max and Friends. Welcome to another episode of Max and Friends. If you're tuning in on LA Talk Radio, thank you for being here. And if you're listening on all podcasting platforms, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending where you are in this beautiful world of ours. That was Nandaji, one of my beautiful friends. The song Vel Vel Muriga, mantra, the chant, the essence being present here right now with you is a gift, and I'm grateful. And I get to celebrate 14 years of Max and Friends. You can follow me on Twitter, at Max Tucci, and Instagram as well, at Max Tucci. And please follow at The Delmonico Way, my cookbook that's coming out from Rizzoli. Speaking of books, 2022, two publications this year, one on meditation and one on entertaining and cooking. My life, <laughs> my life in one in one, that's five. Lost dear brother of ours, and I want to dedicate this show to him. Alexander Ambert was a dear friend of mine and my friend Marco. And I believe in every time we say your name, your spirit and your energy surround us. So on the wings of love, shine on eternally, our friend Alex. We love you. Tonight, we're going to talk about meditation. I know we've tackled it here many times. And why do I say tackle? Well, because for many of you, you send me messages. I don't know how to meditate. I don't want to meditate. What is meditating? Why do I have to close my eyes? That voice I hear in my head is the one that I just gave to you. I'm frantic. And meditation is, for my definition, there are many. <laughs> but we have some beautiful experts on tonight, not only about meditation, but about life itself. There's a new book that I'm a part of. Thank you so much to Dr. Sister Jenna, who's here with us this evening. The book is called Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Cont... Cont <laughs> Io sono italiano. <laughs> so when I see long American words, I get thrown off. <laughs> and I should know the title by heart by now. <laughs> Contemplative practices. 
you know, I need to meditate to say the title. But we have some wonderful guests. We have the founder and director of Brahma Kumaris and the beautiful uh, Meditation Museum. Dr. Sister Jen is here with us tonight, author as well, in addition to Diane Hayworth, founder of Be Love Principles, and also Emily Hine, tech mental health mindfulness executive. These three powerful meditators are joining me tonight because Sacred Stories, which is a wonderful publication, my dear friend Ariel, whom years ago I had on Max and Friends when she wrote her book about spirit animals. And we have a very dear friend whom I would also dedicate this show to, our dear friend Kelly, um, whom put us together and said, Max, you have to interview Ariel. And who would have thought that all these years later, A, I would still be doing Max and Friends, and that I would be a part of her publications, mm -hmm. Sacred Stories. The book, Meditation, is a beautiful book because there's a whole group of meditators who come together and share their essays on what meditation means to them. I'm proud to be part of that authorship. I'm proud to be part of that group. And I'm honored to welcome my guest, as I said, the, who's an author and the founder and director of the Pramakumari's Meditation Museum. We say here on Max and Friends, the first time you come to the show, you're a friend. And the second time, you're family. And it's family. a great joy <laughs> that I get to welcome back Dr. Sister Jenna to Max and Friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. Om Shanti. And Max, I love the way you opened the show today and remembered our brother Alex. Mm. Alex, Alex, Alex. So, yes, he was also a very good meditator and doing life to its fullest capacity. But the contract with his role just came to an abrupt end. And I guess he had another assignment he had to fulfill. Mm -hmm. So happy sure to be with you. Thank you. I'm happy that you're happy and I'm happy that we're here together in this time and space because it's been quite some time since you were here last, but we've made up for it because we've spent a lot of time together in these recent weeks <laughs> to get this book ready, 2222, the release date, 222 pages of meditation. Before we get into meditation, my question to you first and foremost, from my heart to yours is, how are you? Good, no complaints. And if I were to complain, it would be sacrilegious. <laughs> 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 and here we are. So my guests who know you because you've been here before, you have this beautiful museum. And I remember the last time you were here, you were just getting ready to get it started, the Meditation Museum in the D.C. area. So before we get into your story, I would love for you to just give us just a little bit of your backstory and what brought you into this moment and into meditation. So my backstory is what I have also in the book where I had a very deep realization of God in the laundromat with my mother that I felt I was being transported up in council. And all of these beings were like checking on me to see where I was and if I was okay. That's exactly how it felt. Now that I know the language, this is how it felt. So this was from the age of four. So if I think there was something that was going to be a call at some point in time. And the example that I witnessed in my parents where they transformed into something very beautiful to sense, to look at, to feel, it was just an inspiration. So I, I know that looking at the transformation in my mother especially became a catalyst in nudging me forward into living life and uh, just a life of, you know, being present in whatever capacity 
I can to make the world a better place. So I think it was just ordained, Max, for me to be called to do this. I didn't think I would be doing anything like this, but it's my call. It really mm. is my call. And thank you for answering the call. How many, how many who are listening tonight have had the call and they don't answer or they just press pause and they don't want to hear the call? This is an invitation to answer the call. So thank you for answering the call. And what does the word meditation mean to you, Sister Jenna? It means that I have the opportunity now to practice this ancient technique and resolve whatever hurt or trauma I'm still carrying inside as a memory from some previous incarnation. Meditation means intimacy. Meditation means for me purity. Um, if I were to really explain what it means, it, it's also in the book, it's this intimate journey of coming home to that essential part of you, which is beyond your titles and labels and roles and society and even your environment. When you're meditating, you're just not distracted from what is true within you. Mm -hmm. So it gives you that chance no, to listen deeper to your innermost thoughts that are directly connected to the purity that's in you. That's what meditation is and that's what meditation means. I love the word intimacy. When I break down intimacy, it's into me see, into me see. No, I love that. And I love that with meditation that I take the moment to really see inside of myself and also to realize that I'm not my thoughts, that I'm the observer of myself and I'm the observer of my thoughts. And I love that word intimacy. It's such a beautiful word. So when Ariel approached you to do meditation, Tell us a little bit about that journey and how you two were introduced <laughs> to one another. I had introduced, I think I'd interviewed Ariel on AM radio. You know, I've had almost over 2,000 guests in the eight years that I've, you know, hosted America Meditating Radio. So I believe we met first on America Meditating. That led to something else. She attended some of our retreats. But long story short, Ariel reached out to me to do the book and she was very clear it had to be on God and this and this and I needed to be the lead person to speak about this and I totally declined. I says, I'm just <laughs> not interested in that right now. <laughs> and then and I told her I don't have time to write a book. You know, I'm just too swamped. I don't have that bandwidth. But then she was quite persistent and she circled back, I think maybe five months later or something. And then she said she's got a wonderful editor, Gina Mazzo, and she's going to definitely help to kind of bring my words into reality to support who I am. And then I can invite as many friends in the book to co-author with me. And then for some reason, Antonia just says, do it. <laughs> so it just said, do it. And I just said, OK, I'll do it. And I'll tell you, working with the editor, Gina Maza, was just one of the most endearing experiences, Max. She made me go into places I wasn't planning to go. And I mm -hmm. think that's what makes also a part of the book, especially in the back end, uh, a very intimate journey into what I've been going through and been up to the things journey. 
Beautiful. And before we get into our guests this evening who are joining us, Diane Hayworth and Emily Hine, I would like to ask you, because there's so many who are tuning in who are saying, what's Brahma Kumari? What does that mean? But I know that it means a lot to 9,000 <laughs> branches and 130 countries. <laughs> so tell yeah, us a little bit about trying. Brahma Kumari. <laughs> Max, we've stopped trying to define who we are. It's just not possible. We don't know right? who we are love, other than love, love. I mean, at the level of the at the level of the world stage, it is the largest woman-led spiritual organization in the world. That's mm -hmm. true. Secondly, mm -hmm. the leadership has um, really its its finger on empathy, compassion commitment, dedication, and service towards making the world a better place through your self-transformation. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave it there because from Beautiful. areas of the environment, women empowerment, um, social issues, children empowerment, education, we branch out to so many areas of the society to impart mm -hmm. values, positivity, uh -huh making your life being more constructive. It's beyond just sitting and oming. It's bringing right. oming to the streets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's bringing oming to the streets. I love that because I call myself a spiritual gangster and I bring oming to the streets. But I want to talk about <laughs> virtues and values because I remember that our dear brother Alex did a beautiful collection of scarves for, oh, yeah. um, for your virtues and for your values. And, you know, when I was preparing for this show, his spirit just kept like wanting to speak. <laughs> so I just wanted to that honor would be that. Alex. <laughs> yeah, that yes. would be Alex. When Alex called and told me he was going to be competing with Hermes silk scarf, uh -huh. I said, well, how can you eat scarf, scarf? Let there be a virtue where every time a woman or a man puts on the scarf, they also embody that virtue. So he yeah. added virtues to all of his scarves. And my scarf was courage. I don't know if you've gotten the courage scarf. So, yeah, that was a beautiful thing to him. You see, we can apply virtues and values in anything we do. For example, our wonderful brother Alex designed these beautiful, beautiful scarves. And without the narrative of the virtue attached to it, it would just be a regular beautiful silk scarf. But mm -hmm. now it's beyond a regular beautiful silk, silk scarf. It's a mm -hmm. scarf that you wear and you embody the power of the virtue mm -hmm. in the scarf. And that's and something nice. His legacy, which I love. I love, I love. Yeah. So we're going to get into 37 friends are part of the book, including I'm one mm. of them. And our stories yeah. are in that. And how did you approach them or how did they find you to do this book? Well, you know, we're close and I just send them an email. <laughs> that's all I did. <laughs> that's how it happened. The simplicity of, you know, there is such a simplicity in communication. Um, you know, I'm yeah. doing my cookbook now and they're like, who's doing the forward? And I mentioned the name. They're like, well, how are we going to get in touch with her? I said, well, I'm going to pick up the phone and call her. Exactly. <laughs> you know, strongly believe exactly. we have not because we ask not. I mean, that's just goes back to, to the day. So yes, we have a wonderful show tonight. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about meditation, the new book, meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices, sacred stories, releasing this week, 2-2-22, and it's 222 pages of beautiful friends sharing their stories on meditation. We're going to go right into this wonderful show tonight, and we're going to welcome Diane Hayworth, whom is a tech mental health mindfulness executive. Welcome, Diane, to Max oh, and that's Friends. Emily. That's Emily. Oh, that's Emily. <laughs> Emily is the tech. Diane is Wait, the love no, machine. Emily, Emily, the Emily, love Emily. principle. 
There we go. Emily Hunt. Yes, Diane, you're, you're coming up in just a minute. You're the Be Love Principles. But uh, Emily, you are the tech mental health mindfulness executive. The <laughs> 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 backwards here today, but I know one thing for sure is that where we are right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. So welcome to Max and Friends. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here among the, all of these prestigious guests today. <laughs> so welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you went from tech into meditation. <laughs> well, it, my story is like Sister Jenna's in some ways, um, although I, I, I sort of stopped short of devoting my entire life in the way that she has. But I felt a calling since a young age, probably age seven, sort of seeking up is that I felt called to be of service. And so my whole life and career was sort of pointed in that direction. But I, I got to be honest, Max, I was derailed a bit by challenges with depression. And that only got worse when I went to work at Microsoft, where <laughs> um, <laughs> they say, <laughs> yeah, you take a bunch of perfectionists and you tell them they're not good enough. And that's often what the tech world is made of. And so we're all trying mm -hmm. so hard to prove ourselves. And once I got to Microsoft, I did a great job and I loved working there and I loved working with the people and the executives. But honestly, depression just got worse and anxiety got worse. And so something had to give. And ultimately, mm. what ended up happening was 9-11. And you wouldn't think that that had anything to do with my mental health, but it absolutely did. It's something about the global events of 9-11, not only my own sort of repressed suffering. So 9-11 caused me to wake up and recognize that I am still meant to be of service in the world. I am still meant to help relieve suffering in the ways that are aligned for me. And so I literally made a decision on 9-11 to leave Microsoft, to leave the corporate world and dedicate my life to bringing more peace and compassion to the planet. And with that decision just came this spiral of events. And the first thing I knew I had to do was meditate, learn to meditate and get in touch with my own messed up monkey mind that was keeping me from being <laughs> peaceful and compassionate. You know, I love that. And I also love, and I have, I throw this question to you. How do we choose love when we just want to slap somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> slowly and carefully, and I'm going to tell that one to do when you can't drop the elevator from the head to the heart and access love to be in true alignment with who we are. So um, it, it's something I struggle with all the, all the time, but I have to tell you, you know, even this morning, meditation was the first thing I knew I had to do because my thoughts already at 5.45 a.m. were starting to derail me. And I knew if I let my thoughts derail me, that I would never be able to access my heart today and really show up yeah. to be the person I want to be. So, yeah, great question. I love that. Now, why do you think so many people are flocking to meditation and mindfulness now? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think there is the recognition of collective suffering in a way that we just haven't realized before. And I think the pandemic teased it out of all of us. We've had to sit with ourselves. We've literally had to sit with ourselves. And, and I think one of the things I loved about this book, there are so many things I underline that Sister Jenna wrote, I wrote some other author wrote in the very beginning of the book was, I can only be who I am if I'm honest with myself. Mm. And I think people during the pandemic are finally getting honest with themselves and recognizing where they aren't in alignment with themselves, their values, their heart. I, I just think that's it. We've had time 
to go Mm -hmm. inward and recognize when we're not in alignment, but also what's going on with our brothers and sisters around the world. A lot Mm -hmm. of people suffering and we're finally, finally realizing it and finally waking up to the fact that it's up to all of us to Mm -hmm. shift that. You know, shift happens like your book, Holy (laughs) Sit, Learning to Sit, Stay, Heal, and Serve. (laughs) So your book, when's that book coming out? Oh, oh, well, as soon as I finished it, Max, and um, I think Sister Jen is helping me um, sort of catapult that to completion. But yes, I really feel strongly that that is the, that's the order of events, although it's not always linear. We do need to first sit. We need to stay on that cushion. We need to heal ourselves to the degree that we can. And, Mm. and then from there we can serve. And I think I've often put service before healing and so even though I started this book years ago, I still had a lot more healing to do before I felt I could write it from a place of someone who is really awake and healed and offering a thread of hope to people who are still suffering. So the question I throw to you is from our guests who are listening, our listeners tonight who are listening and saying, how do I heal myself? What does holy sit mean? What does it mean to sit still? How can I sit still? All these yeah. questions. How, yeah. do we, how do we offer them? the understanding of what it means to heal oneself? Yeah, that is such a deep and powerful question. And I can answer it with how I did it and how I continue to daily. This is the wise voice within, not the critic, not the one who's getting you up and, and already, you know, getting you all antsy and anxiety ridden, but the really calm voice within the, the soul. The soul will give you the guidance you need to heal. And I will give you a teaser into the book, and Sister Jenna mm-hmm. and Diane know this, but um, the whole premise of Holy Sit was how I listened to not only heal from depression and anxiety, but also how I helped heal myself from cancer naturally. I had yeah. to listen to really um, pay attention to what was the right course of treatment for me not what anyone else around me was saying, but what was the right course of treatment for me and how can I heal this in a way that's in aligned with my values in a nonviolent way. And so I, I use that as a teaser because, I mean, talk about a scary diagnosis. Cancer is one of the scariest, right? And dealing with a health diagnosis, if you can't get centered and get into yourself and hear the wisdom that's just for you and mm-hmm. right for you, then it's going to be hard to heal. I didn't listen to what other people said. I listened to what my inner wise person said. And I think that's true for everybody. We all have that wise counsel inside. And that Mm -hmm. wise counsel inside is much smarter than anyone in a white coat. Now, I want to be super clear, though. The people Mm -hmm. in the white coats are also there to help us heal. And if the right choices are to work with them, then you do that, too. But you've got to get listening to yourself first. You know, and I love the body because first it whispers. And then from the whisper, it goes into a little bit of a shout. And then from a shout, it could knock your ass on the floor. So listen to the whisper. Listen to the whisper and trust yourself. So we're, I love that conversation. And how has meditation helped you get through those intense personal challenges? Well, I think what it has done for me is it's caused me to develop resilience. And the resilience was not only against the external forces that can sort of try to command our attention. Mm. But I had to gain resilience from that negative voice, Mm -hmm. um, the voice that had been there since I was a very young girl when when depression first hit, 
the voice that said I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't powerful enough, not strong enough, not X enough. We all have it. I had to get resilient against that voice because once I could overcome her, there really wasn't anything that I couldn't overcome. So the biggest obstacle I've had was was that internal um, obstacle. And so, yeah, I think that's probably the best answer I can give to that. Beautiful. I love that answer. The book we're talking about tonight here on Max and Friends is Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices. I love the book title, How to Choose Love When You Just Want to Slap Somebody, Diane Hayworth. Welcome to Max I and love Friends. that too. <laughs> I love that you're a heart-centered success coach, a teacher, author, TV host, and founder of Be Love Principles. Tell us about yes. Be Love Principles. Oh, thank you. And I just have to say how excited I am to be here and what an honor, not only to be here with my friends, Sister Jenna and Emily, but in honor of Alex. I remember those scarves. And boy, mm -hmm. talk about a legacy of love. That This is just very special. So thank you. And Absolutely. it actually leads, it, it leads into the Love Principles. They came about as a result of meditation. Mm -hmm. I, like many people that are listening today, I bet I had a life that was by all external means. You know, I, I had a, a family and I went to school and I got married and I did everything I was supposed to do. And something was missing. Something just never felt complete. And in retrospect, I realized it was, it was love. I never really felt loved. And that's what I found through meditation. And through meditation, I actually have a practice of conversing with love. Love for me is universe source, that energy that beats your heart and mine, that creates galaxies, that speaks to us in that sacred space of our own hearts. I have a practice of saying, love, what do you want me to, to do today? And one day I heard, be love. And mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> Source knew I didn't know how to do that. So I got a formula because uh, I am a formula chick. I like my little boxes. I like to be able to go, okay, I got it. I got it done. And it, it is a, a process that helps people relax. And I say relax because we're all so stressed out, aren't we? We're so busy. Relax into the truth of the love that you are. That's mm. what the love principles are. I love that. Define love for you. For, to me, love is, it's not the attachment. It's not the love of attachment. I love my fuzzy slippers or I love my cat. That's not what we're talking <laughs> about here. For, for me, it is that, that all the oneness. Uh, some people call it the field. Some people call it God, Baba. That energy, that essence of all there is, the creative, intelligent, expansive energy. That, that, is, that is love to me. That is, what, that is the love that, that I converse with. I love that. The beloved principles. So what do you think stops people from starting a meditation practice? Well, I can tell you coming from a, a small, conservative southern town, we all thought you had to get white clothes on and go home on a mountaintop somewhere. Well, we had no idea. That's what we thought. That's what yeah. we thought. And, and that's really great if you can do it. But we, I think people don't understand, first of all, how valuable the, the lifelong benefits that you get from a consistent meditation practice. I think that they don't see the value. 
And I believe sometimes they don't see the value because they're not paying millions of dollars for it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is something that is so attainable, and we make it harder than it needs to be. I think mm-hmm. that's what stops a lot of people. They just, in their mind, make it to be make it out to be so hard, and it's yeah. not. Or it doesn't have it's to be. It's so true. You know, and I think also for so many people who don't understand meditation, they think it really means like, you know, you have to just like tune out from everyone and everything and be in this space, you know, the sacred space where some of my, my dear friend, Majaya, used to go in the bathroom to home when she would get away from him. She would go there and loaf her. That's right. Whether it's in the bathroom, in the car, wherever it goes, on the beat, wherever you find joy is my place for going to, to meditate. Dr. Sister Jenna, the book we're talking about tonight is Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine. And I would love to ask you this question because the mm-hmm. book includes stories from 37 contributors. What have you taken away from their experiences with the divine? Well, that you're not alone. Mm. I'll tell you a joke. Even with one of my friends, Reverend Sylvia Sumter, one one day she visited me at the Meditation Museum and she had just presided over a funeral. So she was showing me a picture and in the picture was a little light and the little light was like it was like traveling up. And I just said, Sylvia, that is no light. That's a camera. She's like... You don't understand. I'm telling you, when I was presiding, I knew her spirit. Everything was okay. And I looked at Sylvia and I goes, girl, please, that is the camera. It's the lens. So that it was interesting how I was even doubting what she wanted to be her own mystical experience. And I'm even on my own path of mysticism. Long story short, as I was denying what she felt was her mystical moment, she turned to me And then she said, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about your Baba and how all that works? And then I went into this intoxicating expression of how I meditate and connect with God and how this magic happens. And she looked at me and she said, and you believe that, don't you? And I said, yes, why wouldn't you? Long story short, I feel that the book offers us permission to speak now about the invisible world behind our eyes being bigger than what you can see with your five senses. Mm. So I'm hoping that each of the readers will evolve from the attachment to thinking from a place of their five senses and Mm. just begin to think from the world behind their eyes that is unlimited. It is unlimited. unlimited. For those tuning in and they're saying, what does it mean mystical experience? What do you offer them? I think with your show, everybody has a sense of mysticism where they know something about mystical experiences. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, I, I wouldn't actually know how to answer them because I believe everyone has had a moment. If you don't call it mysticism, you can call it a moment of realization. You had an aha moment. I think when we coined mysticism, perhaps it was more deeper as perhaps maybe it shifted your perspective very mm. deeply that your actions followed suit. So yeah. mysticism is the same as an aha moment or a realization, but I think there's a hierarchy in the mysticism, you know. But I love when it's simplified because then it becomes obtainable. And for those who are searching, yeah. it's that aha moment. It's when you're able to see something differently or look at something in a way that you never looked at it before. 
And that's just a beautiful statement. So I would love for you, uh, Sister Jenna, to share some of a uh, few examples from the book that um, some stories that sure. touch your heart. Sure. Let me see. Who shall I attack here? <laughs> well, you know, I had so many nice people in this book and I can't even, I would rather you kind of throw it over to maybe Emily. Then just going to one of my one of my favorite it's the one on infinite light and sister genti who is one of my mentors shared how he outstretched his hand to offer a bouquet of jasmine flowers and i came in close to take them but it was as if a magnet pulled my inner being the soul out of the consciousness of my body and the world around me and it was nighttime by then and a group of us were outdoors in Mount Abu Rajasthan, sitting in a circle around Brahma Baba, the founder of the Brahma Kumaris. He was sharing Drishti, love through the eyes, which is the practice of focusing the eyes open and on soul consciousness and with God. Everything was white, sparkling, pristine, but the sweet jasmine flowers and all else seemed to be blurred with the white light I kept seeing. So there was something that was very common in the book, Max. Everyone mm. had an experience of light. Mm. Everyone. Something mm. that was deeply connected to the infinity of the, the immortality of the soul. Mm. And I would love if, you know, Emily and Diane share what Absolutely. they contributed in the book too. So Emily, I throw to you the question first. Of the stories, is there one besides yours that you were like, you received an aha moment from? Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to say, um, I think what struck me the most was just the clarity of Sister Jenna's opening. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because I've taken a lot of meditation courses over the course of my lifetime. <laughs> and I just felt like, you know, maybe it's the timing Maybe it's just that I know you, um, Sister Jenna, but there was such clarity in why meditate, the fact that it can literally save your life, that it can literally mm -hmm. help discern which thoughts are the, the diamonds versus, versus I think you use the term cubic, the cubic zirconia. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I remember that. so I, I, all the stories inspire me because they do dive into the mystic experiences and I've had my fair share of those. But what struck me was the clarity of the why meditate and the how to meditate at the very beginning that then sets the reader up for success going through the book because they, they now see, oh, this is possible for me too. Mm. And now why did you say yes, Emily, to doing this book? Well, you've met Sister Jenna. <laughs> 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 uh, because here, here's what I, here's the real reason. I'm I'm not on a covert operation here. I'm on a I'm on a I'm a really clear operation to help increase peace and compassion on the planet. And I always want to align with people who are doing the same thing in their own ways. And Sister Jenna is doing that. She's up to something. This isn't just about a book. This is about helping people awaken to the suffering that we collectively have and doing something to change the internal landscape so that not only that individual can be relieved and find their own divinity, their own soul within, 
But then that person can also go and be of service and be a kinder person in their home, in their work, et cetera. So to me, it's really about aligning with great people such as you, Max, and Diane, and Sister Jenna, and all the authors in the book to awaken our common humanity and make a, di- make a difference in the world, make an impact to wake everybody up. So it's not a, not a small mission. <laughs> right. Ring the alarm. <laughs> wake up. Diane, what say in the book? If Sister Jenner asked me, then I'm on board. And that's because I know it's going to be a project done with integrity. I know that it is going to be birthed in love and in service to the world. And uh, who wouldn't want to be part of that? I mean, Isn't really. That now, yeah, from who reading wouldn't the want book, to be part of that? I would hope everyone, but I think when we finally get to that place, <laughs> it will be such a beautiful revelation of where it will be and what it will be. Meditation, intimate experiences. We're talking about the new book released this week, 222, 222 pages of meditation. Tell us, uh, Diane, in the book, is there a story that stuck out to you besides your own? that you thought, wow. Well, um, I have to say that to me, the one of the most oh wow moments is how we are all everyday mystics. And I think by reading a collection of stories like this, it inspires other people to realize that that everybody can tap into that inner mystic to have their own divine experiences. So mm-hmm. instead of there being one that made me say, oh, wow, it was like I couldn't find one that didn't make me say, oh, wow. It, mm-hmm. that, that to me was just like, yeah, it, it's just amazing. And I think that sometimes when we are involved with everyday life and work and family, that we forget that vital that vital essence of life lives within us and we are all being called to be everyday mystics, I think. I love that. All right, we have just a few minutes left, so we're going to do a lightning round of words and what do they mean to us. I'm going to start with you, uh, Sister Jenna. What does the word life mean to you? To you. It it means it's joy. 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 And Emily, what does the word peace mean to you? Calm. Sister Jenna, the word clarity. Me. (laughs) Beautiful. And I'm going to leave it with the last word, and I would love to um, hear everyone's definition of what that means to them. So I'll start with you, Diane. What does the word divine mean to you? Uh, um, Divine is all 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 and what does divine mean to you sister jenna well truth and emily Uh, emily yes uh, divine to me means home home Mm, that's lovely i love Mm. that one emily and what I love about home is when you take away the H and the E, you're at home. Yeah. <laughs> you're at home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Mm-hmm. So I love that we're all gathering here to celebrate the new release of the book, 2222, 222 pages, which I just love. Meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices, sacred stories. You can pre-order it 
today, Sunday. You can get it on Monday or Tuesday. Just get the book is the point. But before we leave and before we go on into doing um, our next moment, I'm really grateful that you all took some time to spend it here on Max and Friends to hopefully shift the needle and to just maybe shift the paradigm for our listeners tonight to look at meditation and to look at life in a new way. So before we go, Dr. Sister Jenna, what is it that you would like our listeners to take with them into this next moment? I would like for them to pause, pay attention to their thoughts, which um, resides in the world behind their eyes. And if they could check in every hour on the hour for traffic control, where they ask themselves the question, am I happy? Am I in peace? Am I pure? And then observe the answer that immediately emerges. And from that place, live. Just mm. move forward from the answer and respond to whatever that answer is trying to tell you the state that you're in. So in, in essence, please take care of the world behind your eyes. Mm. It is the real world. It is the real you. It is where your power is. So I'm inviting everyone to remember that today. How beautiful is that? And if people are looking to connect with you, how can they find you, Sister Jenna? AmericaMeditating.org. And if they would like to learn meditation with the Brahma Kumaris, they can go to BrahmaKumaris.org. Mm. And also, in the, is the museum open for visitors now? The museum in Washington, D.C. is open now once a week on Saturdays between 1 to 3 for workshops and meditations. And they can go onto the meditationmuseum.org website for more information. Wonderful. And to make a donation, if you're moved to make a donation for the museum. Um, so, Emily, yes, Sister Jenna. No, I was going to say they can go onto the meditationmuseum.org. And yes, Emily knows you can make a donation for a million so we can finish with the property. <laughs> but again, exactly. for me, the first thing is, please, and this means everything to me, just keep holding us high with your good wishes and pure feelings. I mean that the best mm. donation you can give us is that first and That's then beautiful. let the rest follow. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Emily, right. what is it that you want people to take with you into this next moment? I think we've touched on it, and I think a lot of it is that what Diane said, that we are all modern-day mystics, and to not discount your experiences, and to keep your butt on the cushion, my friends. <laughs> and how do we connect with you after the show? I'm at emilyhine.com, at emilyhine on Twitter, and the emilyhine on Instagram. Beautiful. And Diane, what is it you want people to take with them into this next moment? Oh, thank you for asking. I believe that we come from love, in love, to live love here in the now. And I would invite everyone to go into that sacred space of their own heart and ask, how can I be the presence of love for myself, my family, my community, and the world? We need each one of us to be operating from love. Oh, isn't that beautiful? And how can we connect with you after the show? Uh, they can go to morefromdiane.com, and you'll see all of my offerings there. Thank you so much. This has been such a joy. 
Thank you. Thank you. And this is what I want to leave you with. And before we leave you with this, Sister Jenna, when I'm done, I would love for you to give us a blessing to go into, into this moment. But before then, right now, what I would love you all to know is I see you, I hear you, and you matter. And I love you. And I thank you for listening to Max and Friends for over the 14 years that we're here. I love doing this show. It's my passion. But without you being a part of my passion, then it's just another show. So I do. I love you. I validate you. And if you don't feel loved, my offering to you is go look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Tell yourself, look into that world behind your eyes and tell that world that you love it and you love yourself. I love you for tuning in to Max and Friends. Before we go, I have to say good night and good karma, but I'm going to let the blessing be from Sister Jenna, if you would. So let us take a moment and deep breathe and breathe deeply. And in your deep breath, turn your attention to the world behind your eyes where you will bless yourself with the purest, highest, most elevated thoughts. Remind yourself I am immortal, I am eternal, I am imperishable, I am light. And in holding that awareness, you are not only raising your vibrations, but you're carving a very, very deep impression that will make it very hard for you to make decisions that are vibrating at a low frequency. I am immortal, eternal, imperishable. So now what choices do you want to make from that place? I leave you with that to hold, to nurture, to deepen, because I guarantee it, it will be your blessing for the rest of your life. So Max, Emily, Diane, thank you for being you, for um, making this conversation so beautiful and rich and natural. And Max, I love the way you bring us to get intoxicated for life. Many blessings mm. to you, my brother, with all that you do and with your new cookbook coming out as well. Yeah. So lots I of good wishes. It. And mm. so it is. And before we go, for all of those who are no longer with us, including our brother Alex and our sister Kelly, and for all of those that we've lost over these last years and in our life, remember that for the soul, there's neither birth nor death, that like our love, it is eternal and everlasting. Until next Sunday, I leave you with, I love you, good night and good karma, and remember to take life to the max. I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and Friends.